0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Fiber New Exchange podcast. This particular episode is a takeover episode with Jason from the Bulletproof Veteran podcast. Benjamin Burt from Fayetteville, North Carolina, is a Fiber New franchise partner, and he was a guest of Jason's on his show. The Bulletproof Veteran podcast is centered on veterans and their post-military lives. And that's exactly why Ben was a guest on the show. Ben served for 26 years and then transitioned into business ownership with Fibernew in 2021. You can find Bulletproof Veteran at their website, bulletproofveteran.com, and they're on Facebook and Instagram as Bulletproof Veteran. Thank you to Jason. Thank you to Ben. We hope you enjoyed the conversation they had together. Take care and cheers.
1: And the reason I'm excited about this is we've had small business owners before. We've had veterans, small business owners, men, women get out of the military. They try different things and they end up owning their own business. Some people think that it's a very difficult thing to do. It takes capital. It takes a lot of drive. Uh, It takes a certain type of personality to own your own business. Uh, I don't want anybody to think that that's not true. Not everybody should just go out and own a business. Um, But I think that veterans are prepared for that. And I think we're the perfect people to own small businesses in a lot of circumstances. What we have on the show for you today is just another avenue for you to take advantage of. And that's Franchises. I think we, when we hear that, we think of McDonald's, we think of Wendy's, we think of, you know, I need $500,000 to start my franchise. Well, that might not be the case. So today we have on the show Benjamin Burt. Okay. He is a Special Forces veteran. He was Special Forces medic. He was uh, at the schoolhouse there at Fort Bragg. So he's been all over. And when he got out of the military, he started a franchise called Fibernew. It's a vinyl leather uh, plastic restoration. So think of your vinyl couch, uh, you know, leather couches, vinyl chairs, that type of stuff. And he's going to talk to us all about what it takes to start a franchise. So, Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. Yeah,
1: It's uh, it's a really cool topic, and like I said, I'm excited about this because it's something we really haven't talked about on the show, and I think that so many people maybe kind of get it wrong when it comes to what they need to do to start a franchise, and that it really is an attainable uh, goal if it's something you want to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and, um, <clears throat> and I was probably the same way. Uh, I really had no clue about franchising, uh, and it was not something that had really uh, been on my radar much prior to getting ready to transition. But um, as I started to come up transitioning, uh, it, you know, I, I had a degree in medicine. So mm-hmm. uh, when we, our family decided to stay here uh, around the Fayetteville, Fort Bragg area, um, and I decided to pivot into business, I, I didn't know a whole lot about how to start a business or any of that. So rather than <clears throat> kind of uh, reinvent the wheel on that, uh, a lot of my friends who were into business uh, and had done that traditional, hey, I got out and got their MBA from U.N.C. Um, they recommended uh, for me to try and look into franchising. So while I was up in, uh, through the VA uh, and the vocational rehab counselors, they kind of linked me in with um, franchising opportunities for veterans, which is an organization that that basically screens uh, franchises for veterans and picks, you know, the top three, 400 in the, in the country. And, uh, they assign you a coach and, um, the coach interviews, you finds out what your interests are and, uh, finds out, you know, more about you and what's going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. And then unbeknownst to me that there is literally, if you can think of a business model out there that them are uh, smaller scale of the restaurants and, and food chains like that, but there are so many franchises out there that deal with that can be run out of the house uh, and, and for me you know what was important to me was i want to be able to control my schedule i really kind of like the idea of working for myself uh, i like working with my hands and um wanted something with low startup costs um, because as i was transitioning i i had a lot of angst about you know finances how i'm going to pay the bills and everything like that so i didn't want to go into you know a massive amount of debt in order to do that so um <clears throat> So the franchise coach linked in with about three or four different uh, franchises after interviewing me and i started to research and dig into their business models and um uh, you know steep learning curve on how to assess businesses um and how to look at the business models and the nice thing about the business model essentially that's an op order um and you basically have that freedom to take that op order and go forth and execute it so i mean it's something i could kind of wrap my head around
1: yeah then that's why i say that a lot of veterans can be successful at this because the business world is very similar similar to a tactical world you have to think that way and execute a mission and i think that's why so many of us fit into some type of a business model like you're saying
2: yeah i mean yeah they give you the framework and and, uh so the the franchise that i ended up going with uh fiber new um, as you mentioned, it, it was something that I could run out of the house, uh, had complete autonomy. It's, it's coaching, mentoring, and teaching you. It's a great at, It's like a team atmosphere again. And I, I, really enjoyed that was something else that as I was going through the validation and, and, and uh, franchising franchise owner process. Um, and I was doing that with, uh, two other franchises as well. Uh, Farmers started to come up to the top because uh, they really support that team atmosphere. Um, the business model that they, I mean, they work you through how to select your territory, how to do market research in your area, um, how to really delve into the numbers to see, you know, they want you to be successful. So even someone with no business experience like myself was able to, you know, grasp the concepts and, um, and and start the business uh, and I'm all in and they do veterans, uh, they're, Veteran oriented, so they had a discount for the upfront franchising fee. So uh, it was forty-two thousand for that, and then they want you to have about thirty-five thousand startup capital to start, you know, to buy the additional equipment, things like that that you're going to need end to end to run um, run the business for the first few months. They waived their franchising fee for the first six months, um, so to kind of get yourself off the feet, so you don't have a uh, huge overhead as you're starting the business. So for me, it was uh, it was really dream come true I I picked the right I I have no regrets I picked the right franchise and there's other franchises out there I mean I enjoy even though I've never done leather vinyl plastic restoration it was nowhere on my radar I I enjoy the fact that I can go in and uh, help people Mm -hmm. fix something I think I'm a tinker so I enjoy fixing something making it look better Uh, and get that immediate feedback too you know Uh, I'm usually a typical job I'm in and out in two two to three hours um, and make something that Just kind of tore up, I make it look a lot better, make the customer happy. um, And the margins for us are pretty good. Uh, You know, I'm I'm able to pay the bills and had that anxiety of like, geez, how am I gonna make it work now? (laughs) What am I
0: gonna do next?
1: (laughs) Nah, just be honest you just want to continue with that trauma stuff it's the same as stitching up a person stitching up a couch it's exactly the same everything is you're perfectly fine. so
2: yeah actually that was that was part of it too yeah when you're, when you're sewing up you're repairing seams or uh, tears in leather and vinyl it's uh it is almost like suturing
1: so. <laughs> so you worked with see that medical thing just comes right back in
2: <laughs> yeah it clicked i'm like oh okay yeah plugging holes i can do that i yeah. can do that
1: man <laughs> I, I could take i could take an id card and i'll tape three sides of it down and walk out of their house they might be a little weirded out by that if you do that (laughs) 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 but no and and it's all about finding that fit i think with with anything any job it doesn't really make a difference if you're going to be a business owner uh franchisee if you're going to be uh you know just an employee at a company you have to find your fit where going to work every day is not like i want to pull my hair out because i hate this um Mm -hmm. and and like you said not having that huge overhead um of like, hey, yeah. I'm going to start a deli. Well, I'm going to start from the ground up where I'm going to have rent and I'm going to have employees and I got to watch the cash register and I got I to gotta pay the deli guy and the, and, the, and the drink guy and all of these different things and you have to keep everything stocked. That's a huge overhead. It's a huge undertaking. And if you're new to business, that could be a little scary. Something like what you're talking about, you're under $100,000 startup with the franchise fee and the capital that they want on hand. And if I'm not mistaken, you started just on your own. You had no employees at that time, correct?
2: Yeah, correct. Because, uh, yeah, I was uh, – unfortunately, I was doing this process in the middle of COVID. Oh, joy. <laughs> oh so, so, yeah, yeah we, we, I kind of started looking into this process uh, in the fall of 19. Okay. And um, so by the spring of 20, um, I was ready to pull the trigger. I started terminal leave in July of 20, and uh, we did our hard opening on the business uh, one May wow so um yeah it was it was and so my thought was that kind of what separated uh five new from the pack was that business model was uh recession resistant it was COVID resistant Mm -hmm. um because we cover so many industries when we cover um automotive furniture um aviation rvs boats uh medical equipment uh vinyl siding and uh vinyl windows so with between all of those different industries. And I was going through the validation process. That was foremost on my mind. Like, well, one, you know, we're having a hard time, any business is having a hard time hiring people. And it's still true now. I mean, we're, you know, t- a year down the road and I I'm having a hard time finding techs, but I can generate revenue by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a concierge service. So I do most of the work on site at folks at folks driveway in their house, uh, things like that. And we could bounce, you know, when one industry's lagging because of, uh Uh, COVID or because of the recession, um, you know, I can can bounce to other uh, industries and it picks up the slack. So that was another thing that um, was foremost on my mind. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You definitely want to have something that's uh, recession proof, you know, COVID proof. I don't think anybody was ready for any of that. So I try not to say like something because pandemic's a pandemic, you know, you can't
0: you're never going to plan
1: yeah. for that. I mean, nobody was ready for that. You
2: can't see it. You don't necessarily see it coming. And, and once that freight train starts heading towards you, I mean, what do you do? Yeah. Where are you going to get out of the way, you know?
1: Right, right. <laughs> but there there is something to recession proof. There are industries that work. You know, you'll you'll take a hit, but you're not going to go under. My father, who owned a construction company he always talked about that because he went through, you know, the early 90 recession. He went through, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the housing collapse in the, in the 2000s. Um, you know, he, he worked, you know, in the mid 80s when things were a little, you know, it was good and then it got a little dicey. Um, so he's, he went through it. And one thing that he said is he always tried to position the business that during those times he would work for schools. You know, hey, they need new desks. They need new uh, uh, cabinets in an office somewhere because the schools were always spending money. They didn't. They they didn't react the same way to the recessions. They had a budget. They had things that were voted on, and they would spend that money whether people were out of work or not because that money was already coming. So, like, he would position. He would switch from residential to commercial yeah. when it was advantageous. So, like, there is something to positioning yourself in a way that you can deal with the what the economy is going to kind of throw at you.
2: Yeah, and that would be something I'd recommend. To any veterans looking to get into business, I mean, think about and this is something we always do. Like, hey, what's the worst case scenario? Um, plan for the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. and then then you're ready for for everything else. With this particular model, yeah, I mean. Um, <clears throat> we save, you know, we can repair and restore something for probably about a third of the cost most mm-hmm. times. So as the recession comes in and pockets, budget tighter for individual families and stuff like that, um, you know, we can help, help them stretch their, what they currently have, uh, useful life out longer. And then with the business aspect, um, you know, that that's another bonus because like a restaurant, if they need to, you know, recover, if they have to recover, 20 booths, that's going to be twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 for them potentially. Yeah. And I can come in there for, you know, four or five and repair almost uh, 90% of them. So yeah.
1: I could definitely see where the RV thing would come into play over this past year. I know so many people that bought used RVs because they couldn't go on vacation. So they took the vacation money, bought used RVs, fixed them up. And then that's what they were taking their families and doing the RV camper type thing and vinyl, leather, and fabric repair whether it's a pop-up or you know it just has couches and stuff inside of it is huge when you're trying to make that look nice for the wife and everybody to go in and have a good time camping so
2: yeah um, yeah and then linoleum floors yeah it's, oh uh, yeah i even forgot about do a that. lot That's of true. work on the, the the slide outs mm-hmm. it's not perfectly level a lot of times debris will get caught up under too and that's probably what we do the most work on the RVs for is just the linoleum. Form.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they drag as the slide out goes out and tears the linoleum. I could see that. Definitely. Uh, actually I yeah. think I have I think I have a tear in my linoleum in my in mind from that. Um, <laughs> but well, we probably got a franchise around. I was going to say I'm going to have to look somebody up. <laughs> um, so when we talk about the franchise um, I think a lot of people kind of don't understand how you get into a franchise. And you went over a little bit about some of the benefits of being a transitioning military member and a veteran, you know, some of the assistance that you, that you got. Now, you talk about this franchise fee. I think people throw that term around, but I don't think everybody understands what it is. And I'm sure it varies from business to business. I mean, I'm sure a franchise fee for a McDonald's is going to be different than Fiber New, which is going to be different, say, a snap-on truck. Um, You know, everything is going Mm -hmm. to have – it's going to come with different things, and they're going to require different things. But if you could briefly tell me a little bit about what a franchise fee is. Sure, yeah, and –
2: most almost all your franchises are going to have an upfront uh, cost to, to get in and purchase the franchise and the licensing um, and the support basically you're paying for the support you get from corporate mm-hmm. and then every month uh, you have fee basically a lot it's basically a licensing fee or and however they frame it but it's for the support from corporate and the licensing uh, to continue to do business at, uh, under that franchising name so a lot of them will do percentages Um you know, anywhere from six to ten percent of your <clears throat> gross um, revenue um, for, for jobs and uh, but for fiber new. That was another thing that appealed to me is they have a, a fixed fee. Um, it doesn't fluctuate. So the more business I do, it's not a, a higher fee for me. Um, so they do a flat. Um, you know, six ninety five uh, for the first, I think, two or three years. Then you know, it's it's ready to go up. You know, two or three percent uh, every few years to ke- keep up with inflation and stuff like that. But generally, um, yeah, so set, uh, roughly $700 for me. And, uh, I mean, fiber news, that's a very low, uh, I can do that. I can basically do that in two, three jobs. Um, that franchise fees pick per month. <clears throat> so, um, that's been, yeah, that's, that's something that you want. Yeah. You want to factor into it because you know, a lot, some franchises, especially if you're not working through uh, like an honest broker, like I was uh, with franchising opportunities for veterans. I mean, they screen all that. So um, they're not going to let those uh, franchising models in that are, that are taking advantage of the person where you're almost, it's almost like a pyramid scheme where you're working uh, as an independent contractor or an independent franchise, but you're giving up 25% of your revenue to corporate. Yeah. Um, they're not gonna, they're not gonna let those kind of franchises in.
1: Yeah. So that, that's, that's why I'm, I'm kind of interested in talking to you about like this process, because I think there are probably a lot of pitfalls in the beginning. Like, did you have to consult with, you had the, the, the broker, but did you consult with like a lawyer or anything? You know, like, you know, I have a lawyer, you create an LLC, stuff like that. Did you have to do a lot of that or does yeah. that work kind of with the broker and the franchise?
2: uh i mean realistically i could have done it without a lawyer but yeah i wanted that uh warm and and my franchising coach uh from veterans they recommended uh uh, that i have a lawyer look over the uh franchising agreement Mm -hmm. um and and i would absolutely you know even if you have a good feeling about as i did with New, i mean there's and then the lawyer even told me like hey there's no red flags in this franchising agreement uh and The nice thing about the lawyer as well is they broke down the franchising agreement. Like He gave me a um, 10-page interpretation of the franchising agreement for dummies.
1: Almost like (laughs) an executive summary type thing.
2: Exactly. And he gave me bullet points of what this franchising agreement says you're responsible for. This is what corporate's responsible for to you. Um, And he broke it down into bullet points as well, which – you know, when you're when you're going through a 20 or 30 page document like that um, is very helpful.
1: Yeah, definitely. And if you don't understand lawyer speak and stuff like that, which yeah. mean, none of us do, you know, the the word may versus the word shall, versus the word, you know, all these different words mean something very specific. So you, you have to be very careful. And if you have something like that and somebody that will kind of weed through it and be like, hey, this is this is what you really need to worry about. This is what we got. You're good to go. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and essentially that, you know, that startup capital that probably wanted us to have uh, that 35,000 some of that was, you know, and I I said, intentionally set some of that aside to pay for, you know, the lawyer Mm -hmm. um, accountant, getting an accounting firm up. um, And I I found an accounting firm that can do both um, my taxes, um, which, you know, I have to submit sales and use tax Mm -hmm. uh, uh, withholdings every month. Um, and they do the bookkeeping for me as well. So as I start to expand out and get to hire a couple of full-time techs and get them train and expand the business, uh, you know that accountant can expand with me and, and do book uh, bookkeeping for me and all that. So the more I can, the areas where I my time is valuable, um, I can hire you know basically support out for that, and that's something that um, you know as a as an independent owner. And right now, currently a one-man show, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very important for me to have that kind of support and, and, and Fiber New as well. I mean, they give you the customer relations software, they use Jobber. Um, and for somebody who's a tech retard like me, they, uh, they have a tech basically, um, you know, walk me through how to set it up, um, and, and walk me through how to, how to Structure it for my franchise, specifically for my franchise. So, um, all that was very helpful. QuickBooks, the same thing.
1: That's great. Uh, yeah, because a lot of that stuff, depending on what your background is, can be a completely foreign language for you. I mean, oh yeah, you know, yeah. even the lawyer and the accountant. I mean, that's if you're starting a business or you win the lottery, the first phone calls you make are to your lawyer and accountant. Either one of those. <laughs> if you're starting a business or you win the lottery, let me give you some just some advice, folks. Call a lawyer and an accountant and have that because Uncle Sam's going to want their money and the quickest way to sink a business is to not pay him properly, all right? If you mess up your taxes, you are not going to last. And if you start entering into contracts with people without understanding what you're signing, bad, very, very bad. <laughs> and it's a quick way to, to, to tank any business or venture that you might be going on, even if you're doing uh, nonprofits and stuff like that. You still want to talk to those people. It's, it's the best advice you can get you know for sure um so you start the franchise okay so you do your franchise fee you have your 35,000 capital you show that you prove it out the whole deal you you like you said you got support from fiber new but you also get the right to put their logo that type of stuff so that's more the licensing fee that you're talking about that's a month to month type thing yeah no, yeah okay. yeah that's
2: and that's part of it yeah but that also cover like uh, part of so my monthly franchising fee. Um, uh, they have a, uh, a corporate deal with Jobber. So my customer relations software, all mm-hmm. that stuff's paid for through that. Okay. So um, that's part of that as well. And yeah, that's part of that as well. Um, and new and has a great uh, system. I mean, I can call back uh, to my instructors that when I went through the tech course for them, learning how to repair vinyl and linoleum floors and all this stuff. Uh, I can reach back to them at any time, and often, you know, at least probably once a month, I still do that. <clears> on <throat> Certain jobs that I haven't seen before, something's quirky, I can call them up. Um, we have a, a very good um, social media platform for corporate where I can reach out to other franchise owners and uh, ask if they've seen anything like this. How would they bid bid this job? Um, how did they repair certain items that are kind of one-offs that we don't see very often? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the support out there is just awesome.
1: That's very cool. I know that um, sometimes with like uh, Snap-on trucks, I've known some guys that have owned some Snap-on franchises, and their ability to reach out to their technical teams when there's questions about a tool or, hey, my tool's not working properly. Can you help me? Blah, blah, blah. I got this. What tool should you should I be using for this? They have you know a team that they can call mm-hmm. and get that information. So that's huge because you don't want to look like a dummy in front of the customer. You'd rather look like a dummy on the phone asking the question and, <laughs> yeah. and they're used to it. You know what I mean? You're asking the question. So yeah. that's what they're there for. You know, it's kind of like an inspection in the military. You never say, I don't know. You say, let me find out that answer for you. You just want to be able to go get the answer for them and know where to yeah, look. Exactly. So call your team or whatever the case may be. Um, so that's very cool. Um, now, did you have any pitfalls in the beginning that you kind of some mistakes that you might've made when you were first starting up? And I know with COVID there was probably a lot of things that I wouldn't even call them mistakes, but things you obviously weren't anticipating, but would you, were there things that you would tell somebody else that might be starting up? Hey, watch out for this. I made this mistake.
2: Um, I mean, the the biggest thing that, um, I don't know if it was a mistake, but it was something that my coach had mentioned to me and I was very glad I followed that advice was knowing what my overhead is, um, you know, and, and meticulously tracking um, because, you know, I, from day one, I was busy. But, you know, those first couple of months, uh, had I not been tracking my expenses and my overhead, you know, I'd have been thinking like, oh, I'm making all this money. But, um, you know, I'm not really netting that kind of money. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, so knowing, keeping track of your expenses and your overhead and just being con- conscious of, you know, uh, what your fixed and variables are looking like, especially your variables, um, because those you know are going to fluctuate from month to month. So if you're not paying attention to that stuff, uh, you, you think you're doing, you think you're doing really well. And then at the end of the month, you look at the bank account for the business and you're like, Hmm, I thought I was doing way better than that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, that's something that, I mean, I, I could have easily fallen into that trap. And unfortunately I, um, you know, my franchise coach kind of forewarned me on that. So, and, and Fiber News is pretty good about that too. I mean, they do, um, we do monthly uh, Zoom meetings on uh, business, business develop and, you know, crack things like this, how to do marketing, how to reach out to different industries and get in with like in the medical market, how to, how to approach a hospital and, uh, mm-hmm. or a large uh, urgent care clinic and who to talk to in that structure and, there's, and how that corporate structure is set up. Uh, to to become a um, <clears throat> certified vendor for them and things like that. So uh, the other thing that French, you know, uh, warranty companies. So we do a lot of work with warranty companies for both automotive, some furniture, um, and RVs for sure. So um, understanding what paperwork needs to be done for for them, um, W nines and things like that. So um, learning learning through that stuff. So that, those those are just understand the administrative side because that that's the biggest. I guess in a broad respect, you don't understand your admin side, your operational side. That's what everybody seems to everybody focuses on. And I'm just guilty of that too. But if you don't have that good split of time that you're dedicating to the admin side and making sure your systems are in place, just like you know, any good staff. I mean, if, if your systems are, are junk and you don't have any continuity there, or it's sloppy, you, your product at the end, no matter how good your operations are gonna be, um, it's, it's going to be a lackluster product.
1: Yeah. I, I And that's going back to what I said when we first started talking is is that it takes a special type of individual to be a business owner, especially small business owner, uh, you know, where you might have only one or two employees. You, you feel like you need to jump into the operation all the time because it's yours. It's your baby and you have to work through it. But if yeah. you're doing well, it, mean, that, which you can relate to quickly, right? Of course. Of course. And and not to mention a lot of customers, they want to see the owner every day. That's why they call a small business instead of one of the big chains or something like that. You know, they, they want to see the owner's face and know that that's the guy who's taking care of it, the the man or woman who's gonna, you know, have the ultimate authority to make a decision and get the job done. Now if you're, but if you're doing that at the cost of your admin side, that could be a recipe for failure. That's why you really need that structure and that balance. Um, and listen, that's not for everybody. I know I would never be a good small business owner. I'm very good at my job. I love my job. Um, mm-hmm. I would never be a good small business owner. Like my father, excellent, handles it well. Works with my mom. My mom did all the bookkeeping. My dad did the customer relation and the and the, you know, actual construction. They were a great team. I could never do it because I'm too scatterbrained. I'd be all over the place. I would get hyper-focused on a job and forget to pay three bills. It's <laughs> not for me. I'll i yeah. I'd be the first to admit it. But I think a lot of veterans can do this. I mean, I think it's a great opportunity for people. And like you said, if you can get in at under hundred grand for some of these franchises that are already established, and they're going to help you understand your market, that's huge mm-hmm. um, yeah. because – like I'm sure they worked with you and I, you know, I don't know the specifics, but you know, the Fayetteville area, there's other leather and and vinyl repair guys, I'm sure. Um, And that's competition. Did they help you try to understand like how to position yourself so that you could be a step above the competition or how to work with the competition or whatever the case may be?
2: Yeah. and, And that, that was actually probably one of the key things is, um, they do a lot of that, that support, like through Google, they'll help you set up your Google ads Mm -hmm. Um, corporate helps run all all of that stuff. As far as the social media marketing, they, they get our names out there, there, um, through a lot of different, uh, you know, social media platforms and things like that to generate those hits. Uh, So, yeah, that's part of what corporate does for that. How fiber new earns that franchising fee is like any, anytime someone Googles leather vinyl plastic repair restaurant in my area, um, I'm the number one or two name that pops up there and oh, that's shoot. all that I have no idea how that's, that's yeah that's like chicken bones and magic to me but uh, but they take care of all that stuff for me because um, that was something that and, and again like you mentioned uh, you know as a business owner you got to understand what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are mm-hmm. and if it's a weakness then you know s- seriously look at subbing that out like you know bookkeeping and all that stuff not. I mean, I can do it, but it's not a strong suit of mine yeah. and not something I really want to spend a whole lot of my time on. So, you know, the QuickBooks and my, my customer relations software syncs in with QuickBooks. So, basically, as I'm going through an invoicing, a lot of that backside stuff, once I got the systems in place and software and everything synced in, which they helped me do, um, a lot of that stuff's taken care of for me. Yeah. So, I don't have to deal with it. And then my accountant basically has access to my QuickBooks and they're doing all that stuff, you know, in the background um, without me having to spend a lot of time on it. Um, same thing for the, the social media stuff and, um, the online marketing, um, corporate does a lot of that stuff for me because I had no background in that. And, um, it was not something I would, I would be do well. So I, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, that was one of the factors I looked at fiber news. They're going to do all that stuff for me to help me be successful. And I don't have to spend a lot of time doing it. Yeah.
1: And I think that search engine optimization stuff where you click and you're the first one that comes up, people kind of forget about how important that is nowadays versus...
2: 60% of my business is from that.
1: And and there's a statistic that if you're not one of the top three on a Google page, your clicks go down by like 75% at that point. If you're not one of those top three on the top of the page, most of the time, and, and if you actually think about it, and I I challenge everybody out there to kind of do this search for something could be anything. All right. And see if you make it past the third one before you click on that other one. And most of the Mm -hmm. time you won't, you will click on the top one or the second one. That's usually how it works. Um, and it's really important. If you're in a saturated market where there's a lot of competition and stuff, you want to make sure you're at the top and get that first click every single time. Um, and if you don't know how to do that, that might be a big factor in who you choose to go franchise with if they're gonna offer that. <laughs> you know, that's big.
2: Yeah, that's, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Because there's whole social media teams. You can hire a whole social media team now just for that aspect. Um, you know, that's, I, I'm horrible at social media. I, I, I suck at it. I know I do. Um, I know I could probably grow so much yeah. more if I knew how to do that. But I'm like, yeah, well, I'll put up a post. Yay, I did a good job. <laughs>
2: We stayed away from social media as part of the job.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You 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 technically did. Yeah. I, so I mean, I,
2: I, yeah, and I never had a Facebook. I mean, my wife had one, but you know, there was certain protocols that that uh, you know when I was in group that they outlined for the for the uh, wives on how to structure their social media stuff to, yeah. to protect us. And so I, I had, no I mean, my first social media account was as I was transitioning uh, my book of rehab counselor helped me set up a LinkedIn account. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, Oh wow, this is how this works. Yeah. So yeah. For, for a lot of us, we're not familiar with that. So that may be something that if if you're not familiar with it or it's very uncomfortable for you strongly look at uh, getting support for that Yeah, because it is a big part of like your marketing uh, plan.
1: Yeah. And now as, as we kind of like, you know, see how everything develops and now okay you've paid your franchise fee you've gotten set up they're helping you with the search engine optimization they're helping you with the social media you've kind of you got your truck you got your you know whatever you need your supplies that you need to do um when you start looking at expanding your franchise what are some of your goals and and you know how you're attacking those goals for you know expanding now hopefully that covet is we're hoping to be on a little bit of the downside of it and you have that opportunity what are some of the challenges and what are some of the things that you're trying to do to take your business to the next level
2: yeah so um it, when i started the business and i started my uh, business plan you know i had a three-year three-year uh, plan and a five-year plan basically goals long-range goals uh, is a good way of putting it but uh you know by my my third year uh, i wanted to have at least one fully trained tech on board with a um, untrained uh, tech as well. By year five, I want two fully trained techs and an office manager um, to do some of the admin side so I can run the business, um, you know, part-time at that point, because I'm looking at, I based everything off of my my kids. So my youngest uh, will be starting it'll be in his junior high school in five years. Okay. So, um, as he's starting to, you know, do the, start the college prep stuff, just like my oldest will be doing here in a, in a couple of years. Um, I wanted to be able to start shifting my time away from the business. If, if, if at least give me the option to. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then at some point, you know, with, and based on my market research for my area, uh, and all my office manager and two full-time techs can run this area. I can, I could probably, this market will probably support three full-time techs if I, really get into those business to business accounts um but that's what my goal was at five years was if i don't if i want to move on to another income stream start another business or or just spend time with the family focusing on on that solely um i'll have that ability to do that
1: I mean, it's a great goal, and it, like you said, using something else in your life as kind of a timeline for those goals is a good way to go about it. Because it's something exterior to the business that you can kind of, you know, use as a little bit of a guide. Because the business mm-hmm. is is going to fluctuate, and if you don't, if you allow it to run you, and you don't run it, it's a problem. <laughs> so that's that's definitely uh, a good uh-huh. way of going about it. Definitely a good way to go about it. Um, so for somebody that might be looking to get into this, all right, so they've listened to us, we've chatted about it. What are some of the resources? You've spoken a lot about the broker. Okay, that was there in, in yep. North Carolina. You had that, um, which sounds like a really good way to go about well, it.
2: Well, they're, they're nationwide, yeah. Uh, franchising Opportunities for Veterans. Um, mm-hmm. It's an organization, they're, they're tied in with the VA as well. Yep, yep. Um, But yeah, you can Google them um, and uh, they, it's basically completely free charge. They're just a coach and a mentor. Um, They do get some compensation from the franchise on the back end. So Mm -hmm. you understand, you know, they they do get paid, but it's by the franchise. They're basically, um, for lack of a better term, a headhunter for them. But but their focus is is primarily to support the veterans. Um,
1: So so you think that's that's probably a primary? I would recommend that. Yeah. So you think that's the primary way to start?
2: I would, yeah, because there's so many franchises out there that are – not your business models Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, if you can have somebody who actually already knows that industry and can kind of screen those folks out um, and and focus on franchises that fit your interests and goals um, and in your values, like that was the biggest thing I I took away from, you know, the transitioning uh, classes and the vocational rehab stuff um, was first understanding what my values were. And we, you know, we say, Oh, honor, integrity, duty, God, and country. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, there's a lot more that goes into that. And so for me, you know, my values were at this stage of my life, especially primarily, you know, family, um, quality time with them being control of my schedule, um, things that I was looking for, um, to get out of that business. That had I not understood that before I started searching, um, it would have made a lot of those decisions on which franchise to go with um, and which business model to go with much harder. Um, but because I knew that stuff up front and I'd kind of done that legwork to kind of figure out how, <clears throat> what's going to make me happy, that um, made my decisions, you know, that much more ease make and yeah. up to that process.
1: Well, and I think that's important because you're tied to that. You're tied to that organization. You're tied to that corporate, um, you know, uh, uh, look, you know, Chick-fil-A has a, a, a social media following. You know what I mean? So the things that they do with their corporate, even though you have individual franchisees, they are you're kind of tied to that. You're tied to what they have going on in the news. You're tied to, you know, all that stuff. Um, you're also tied to their success. You know, you look at um, a couple of my buddies back in the day when I first got out of the military, they were looking at Quiznos uh quiznos were everywhere i mean you couldn't Mm -hmm. you couldn't throw a rock and not hit a quiznos and then all of a sudden they were just gone i mean they 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 just disappeared and i know there was a lot of stuff that went on in the background that you know i don't know everything but if you tie yourself to an organization that doesn't have the longevity uh or is in trouble well then you're going to be in trouble because once they go away now your franchise is gone so you have to kind of look at that and look at how long have they been around how have they done over the years? You know, you want to do your yeah. research and work with the broker together and come up with the most successful plan for you tied to your values that you can. I mean, I think that's really important that we kind of stress that, um, you know, you're part of that group at that point. I mean, you're, you seem very happy with fiber new. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: absolutely. You know, yeah.
1: So that's no,
2: great. And, 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 and that was something else. Yeah. Some of, some of the a couple of the franchises I looked at just didn't get warm and fuzzy from from their corporate folks. You know, mm-hmm. um, it, it wasn't a team atmosphere. Um, it was kind of like you know you're gonna you'll sink or swim, regardless of what we do. But Fibernew came in and said, "Hey, we want you to be successful. We, we are going to provide you all the tools and training and mentorship that you need to be successful. Uh, but you have complete control of your um, franchise. So <clears throat> essentially, you know, I could." I could focus in on a couple of the industries. I could focus in on all of them. I can, you know, nobody tells me what jobs I have to take and, and don't and can't take. Um, so, I mean, I like that flexibility. I like that support and that flexibility. And every franchise owner I talk to is part of the validation process. Um, and that's the case with a lot of franchises. You'll go through a validation process. Um, part of their validation process is, is talking to, they want you to talk to at least 15 other franchise owners. And you can pick like out of the, there's. 300 now, uh, in the U S and another 60 or so up in Canada. Um, and then you can talk to any one of them and call them up and say, Hey, you know, what's been your experience and stuff like that. Everyone that I talked to was absolutely supportive of, Hey, if you have any questions or need any help whatsoever, just give me a call anytime, uh, email me. Um, every one of them was forthcoming with information. You know, they, they get the good, the bad and ugly, very upfront. So, I mean, that really gave me that, it's not a competition between franchise owners for five It's It's everybody wants everybody else to succeed mm-hmm. and everybody's working towards a common goal. So, you know, coming from the army, that was very relatable to me, that kind of team atmosphere. I really, that that really spoke to me So find an organization that's that, that does that for you too.
1: Yeah. You want to get that warm and fuzzy. You want to get that warm and fuzzy that you're going yeah. into, because even though we say, Hey, you know, you could do this for not as much money as starting, you know, maybe a brick and mortar business or something like that. Uh, hundred thousand dollars is still a tremendous amount of money and if you're transitioning out of the military after a single enlistment or maybe you know you know even if you did 20 years you're only going to be 38 39 you might be in your uh, early 20s a um, hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money if you're just getting out you got to figure out house you got to yeah. figure out cars you got to figure out a lot of things you know this is not something you want to enter into lightly you want to vet what you're going to do so that you're as successful as possible. And I think that's a great way to do it is talking to other uh, franchise owners. And, you know, it's not bad if they have a bad thing to say about the organization, as long as they ha- the good outweighs any of the bad that they have. You know, that's just them being honest. <laughs> I would say getting in touch with this broker for our, for our veterans, Getting in touch with this broker would probably be the number one thing that I'm taking away so far from the from the conversation. If you're uh, still in the military and you're getting ready to transition out, or if you're a veteran looking to kind of change up what you got going on, getting in touch with the broker will set you above and beyond everybody else. Um, how, how do they go about doing that? They, you said they have a website that you can go to for the broker? Yeah, I mean,
2: broker? you can... Yeah, you can basically just Google franchising opportunities for veterans, um, or you can go through your local VA. Um, if your local VA has a vocational rehab counselor, I, mean, I would guarantee almost all of those know um, are familiar with that organization uh, and can kind of connect you in with those folks. All right. Um, yeah, and I have. Um, I mean, my coach. Uh, anybody can email me, and I can send them my coach's information. I mean, she was fen- phenomenal. She's up in Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, but she 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 deals with um, you know clients all over the country so she's and and i've talked to two or three other the uh coaches for them too and they're just that organization is phenomenal
1: yeah it seems like an amazing resource to to get out on the right foot and like you said make sure you kind of filter out the ones that are more pyramid schemes scams you know or just bad models to be you know even if they're not one of those things they're just a bad model it's not going to work for you Um, yeah
2: and that's something that you know, wherever you're trying to set up your business, um, just doing some basic, uh, basic, uh, market research, you know, and it's not something that's any, anybody that's kind of dealt with basic intelligence in the army can figure out, okay, wh- who's my competition in my area. And, uh, you know, what, what, how can I find my niche in that market? Yeah. So, um, and that was very helpful for me because I, you know, uh, I knew going in, in and fortunately my research was accurate. <laughs> um, mm. That in my area, the way the fiber new model was set up, um, nobody does everything that we do. And so I immediately came in and grabbed a lion's share, the market share, in pretty much five out of my six industries.
1: Well, that's like up here. You want to know New York, okay, maybe opening a Papa John's when there's three local pizza joints that everybody loves. (laughs) Maybe not the best idea here, but – You know, maybe in Delaware, that Papa John's is going to do awesome, where there's not that many local pizza joints, and nobody, you know, nobody cares that it's a chain. Up here, you say chain pizza joint, and you know you're getting dirty looks, and somebody's getting ready to stab you. Um, You know, you they the mom and pop is going to do a lot better. Um, So, understanding kind of those dynamics and understanding where you're going to actually operate is huge. It's huge because. Some places, some things are going to work and others aren't. They're, that's the way, that's the way business works. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I, I definitely agree with you that doing your research ahead of time, getting in touch with the broker and understanding those upfront fees and kind of your strengths and what you're bringing to that business will lead to a suc- successful launch of a franchise. If you do all those things, you're setting yourself up for probably the most success that you could possibly have. Um,
2: yeah. And another great resource out there, too, um, is the Commit Foundation. OK. Um, they, yeah, they support veterans. Uh, they, they also do uh, like business mentorship, too. Um, they'll assign you a, a business mentor who's they, they even and a lot of times they can go industry specific. So um, now for my my industry, there wasn't a, a, a coach here locally that dealt with my industry specific. But I mean, they're a great resource, too. They have classes out there to kind of teach you how to do market research if you're really not comfortable with it. Um, the business mentors can kind of walk the dog with you on, on a lot of how to set up that business model, interpreting a business model, uh, how to put that, together that business plan. Um, so, yeah, the Commit Foundation is another great veteran uh, source as well.
1: Very cool. Very cool. That's a, that's a, that's a good thing to kind of add in here to kind of cap everything off to make sure everybody gets to the right places and gets the right information. Um, now you said that, that you wouldn't mind if people kind of contacted you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? If people had specific questions, especially about fiber new, if, if, if Hey, listen, if yep. this, if this set off and you really, if if this is something you're really interested in, how can they get in touch with you? Sure.
2: Um, yeah. My business email is uh Fayetteville, excuse me, F-A-Y-E-T-T-E V-I-L-L-E at FiberNew.com, F-I-B-R-E-N-E-W.com. com. Um, they can also reach out and give me a call. I'm uh, Area Code 910-527-5057. Um, so either one of those are good contact information for me. Um, if you're, you know, if you're curious about fibernew, you can just look us look us up on FiberNew.com. Um, I'm specifically fibernew.com forward slash Fayetteville, but you can look at all the different business models. They have the, the company history on there. It goes all the way back to 83, um, started off in Canada. So, I mean, it's been around for a while. Um, and, and that's the kind of research you want to do when, you, when you're looking at franchises is, is, you know, just get on the website and start looking at, well, how do they set up their social media platforms? How do they set up their websites? Um, it's a good way of just doing a quick uh, overview research on on a company.
1: Yeah yeah if the website's janky looking and if the social media is not good yeah. you might want to you know click somewhere else and check it out because this day and age if that's not on point it's already a knock yeah. against you so it's kind of tough um yeah and I,
2: I think news, you- I mean, awesome about that i mean um our our president jesse johnstone he he um he has an it background so he's very adam about that stuff um and, and again to go back to that team atmosphere we we're talking about before i mean He's even called me a couple times as well, the company president. Um, and I get calls from you know the support staff, um, you know just checking in and helping out, uh, as well as the the Zoom meetings and stuff like that. So if you can find a, a business in an atmosphere like that, where top to bottom they level the communications and um, are there to help support you, um, you know that to me that was an ideal situation, and that's a, an organization I want to be a part of.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And and again, it'll it'll be even easier for you transitioning out of the military into something like this. If it does have that kind of atmosphere that you can relate to and you feel comfortable in, you know, if it's a complete shock to the system, it makes it a little more difficult. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, Ben, I appreciate you sitting down with me. I've had a blast talking to you. Um, I want to give you one last opportunity. Anything you want to say, any advice you might have out there for anybody starting out, um, you know, Please. The floor is yours.
2: No, yeah, um, I mean, I'd, I'd go back and just stress again, like um, understand what your values are. Um, what's you know, what's going to motivate you to get out of bed every day and and work hard to get that business up and running, uh, and just to be successful in life. Period. Um, you know, that, that was something that you know I'd gone through the army for you know twenty six years and and had never really codified what my values were. Um, and some of those exercises that that the vocational rehab folks um, did for me kind of really got my head and my thought processes lined up to, to really make some more intelligent decisions as I was going into this business. Cause it's, it's the big unknown, right? So, uh, the more you know about yourself, um, and, and have that codified, the easier those decisions are to make, uh, what's gonna, you know, what's the right move for you.
1: Very good. I mean, that's, that's good advice all around. That's, uh, you know, forget just the franchise and all that. That's just good advice, uh, for, I think for everybody. Um, uh, ben, thank you again. I Like I said, I really appreciate it. It's a great way to start the new year for everybody out there who maybe is looking for a little change. Maybe you're underemployed. Maybe you're unemployed right now, or maybe you're transitioning out of the military. Um, you know, if you're looking for a way to, you know, kind of set yourself up for the future, this might be it and this might be for you. So I hope everybody got a lot out of it. And again, Ben, I hope you have a great rest of the day.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it, Jason. Thanks so much for the opportunity.
0: Thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to learn more about Fibernew, hop on to or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or YouTube as Fibernew International. Don't forget to subscribe to the Fiverr New Exchange on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Until next time, take good care and cheers.